Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. A seven-year-old boy takes his dad's car for a joyride, only to be chased down by Weber County deputies. Welcome back, everyone. The boy took that car for a spin on Sunday, all because he did not want to go to church. But he ran into some trouble when he ran into a deputy. Dan Rascone is live in Plain City, where it happened. And Dan, you talked to some of the neighbors there, plus you also have uh, the dash cam video of what happened. Yeah, Ron and Mike, quite an interesting story out here in Plain City. You know, pretty amazing to have a seven-year-old boy behind the wheel of a car driving through town. It all started with a 911 call to police out here when somebody noticed a car kind of driving erratically, going through stop signs and those kind of things, not stopping. Well, it turns out when deputies started to follow this individual, at first they just thought it was just anybody behind the wheel. But then when the boy pulled into his own driveway, the door opens and out jumps a seven-year-old boy. That's when deputies really knew they had a strange one on their hands. It appears like your typical police pursuit, a car not wanting to stop as officers follow it from place to place. But it turns out the driver behind the wheel is just seven years old. And according to Weaver County Sheriff's deputies, he did not want to go to church, so he grabbed the keys out of the house in Plain City, drove out of the driveway, and across town. They got behind the car, they followed it, they tried to signal him to pull over with their lights and then their siren, but instead he led him on a, on a short, low-speed pursuit and ended up pulling back into his driveway at his house where he bailed out of the car and ran into the house. That really was the first moment that, that our deputies realized just how young this child was. What's up, Liquid Church? Don't you wish you had the guts that that little kid had? Don't you wish you could have just committed a little grand theft auto instead of sitting through a miserable church experience? Let's just hope that's not the case today. My name is Bill Stauffer. I'm student ministries pastor here at Liquid Church, and we're in our second week of our Kaleo series. If you were with us last week, you learned that the word Kaleo comes from 1 Peter 2.21. Peter says, to this you were called Kaleo, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you would follow in his steps. Kaleo is actually an ancient Greek word, and it means called or destined to a divine purpose in life. And today I want to challenge all of us with the call to family. And that word family needs some digging into as well. I have a gut feel that our junior car thief knew something about church. He knew that church shouldn't make you want to break the law and run away. It should break you inside and make you want to stay. Stay to experience the community that you were made for. Stay to experience the community that builds you up, that strengthens you, that gives you courage to face a scary world. Stay to face a community that gives you hope for a new world that will never, ever be scary again. The community called family. As followers of Christ, we are called to family. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We'll be spending the bulk of our time there this morning. In chapter 3, Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The word family here comes from another ancient Greek word, patria, which translates all those who, who in a given people lay claim to a common origin. Well, isn't that exactly who we are here at Liquid Church? Although we're from different races and countries and backgrounds, we all belong to God. He's our patriarch, our father. Now, can I just say out loud that I know family and father, well, they can be dirty words to us. 
For some of us, we have suffered so greatly at the hands of our fathers and our families here on earth. I know it from personal experience. I can recall as an eight-year-old boy weeping as my father in an alcoholic rage screamed in my face, threatening to break my jaw in five places because my room wasn't clean. This was a daily occurrence in my life. We lived at Dysfunction Junction. There's no doubt about it. And, and listen, we have all experienced this in some way or another. My brothers, my mother, my sisters and I all experienced familial dysfunction. And in some ways, we were destroyed by my father's diseased rage and untimely death 31 years ago. But just as tragic, and hear me on this, just as tragic though seemingly hard to overcome, would be if I were to, find, to define my understanding of family and father by that example. It would be easy to put the template of my earthly family and my earthly father on my heavenly family and my heavenly father. God shows us a better way. God loves us so deeply that he is our father in heaven. He loves us so much, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us. We can measure all familial and all fatherly love by his example, especially when our earthly ones fail. To save us from this tragic perspective of measuring our, our, our father in heaven by the sometimes catastrophic failures of our earthly fathers and families, we read again in Ephesians, Paul tells us that the whole family derives its name from God, the Father. So we start with the source, in the beginning, God. As Christians, we see with the eyes of God, he, as He sees us, since He sees us as His children and Him as our Father and we as His family. Father has another meaning for many of us and family does too. Family means a healthy, growing Christian kind of family with husbands, wives, children, dogs, yards, all that great stuff, stuff you don't have. You just have no one. Many of you are experiencing deep loneliness right now. At this moment, for various reasons, some are literally alone. No spouse, no boyfriend, no close friends, no one. In a sea of 1,200 people, you drift alone. Some have relationships on paper, but in reality, only emptiness at home. Some of the loneliest people I have ever met are married. People so estranged from their spouses that there is a soul-emptying numbness. Their hearts are paralyzed. Even the simple act of forgiveness and compassion can feel like pushing up a giant boulder up a hill. And we've got to remember that our kaleo, our calling, our divine purpose and destiny, some here really have great, great relationships. They, that's so great, but they could easily assume that everyone else is okay too. The reality is that even these people go through seasons of suffering at the hands of their family and experience a dip that requires a movement of God to build perseverance, character, and hope. So again, we've got to remember our kaleo, our calling, our destiny. Peter said, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you. We were called to follow in Jesus' steps, not to sin in our suffering. We were called to entrust ourselves to God, who is the shepherd of our souls, as Peter writes later in that book. And we are also called to embrace the church as family, because that is how God works out his care for us, through the church family. Paul writes this in Ephesians 2, to those who were not Jews by birth, 
but we're now Christians. For through him, we have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Paul was assuring believers in in Ephesus that everyone who was kaleoed was called to faith in Christ. No matter what their heritage, they belong to God's household, God's family. And home is where the family is. It's where it resides. It's where the welcome of love, the grace of forgiveness, and the truth of discipline are all dispensed liberally in love. It is exactly what we want Liquid Church to be. A place where God puts the lonely into families and families into family. So many of us refer to both where we worship and where we live as home, our church home or our home. The marriage of these two in the life of the family create a fabric that is woven together and it is strong and durable. Family is like fabric, single threads woven together to create something strong and durable and lasting. God wants us to bring it home. I'm going to ask our our greeting team to hand out these swatches of burlap that say, bring it home. It has stamped right on there. You know, burlap is a great fabric. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have horses and all the feed for the horses came in burlap bags. As soon as I smell it, I feel like I'm 10 years old again on the farm. It's so great. The cool thing about burlap is that you can actually see the weaving of the threads in the material. And when you get to the edges, they pull apart. God deeply desires us to weave our lives together. He deeply desires us to follow our kaleo, our calling for us to care for each other and to help each other know Jesus and grow in Him. Our goal is not only to make the most of this life, Even though the Bible promises that, the end destination for all who know Jesus is heaven. And heaven should be the pattern for our homes and our churches. Just as God the Father is the pattern for all our earthly fathers. The Bible says that heaven is our real home. Shouldn't we do everything we can then to make our homes look, smell, taste, sound, feel like heaven? Shouldn't we want everyone who walks through the doors of our homes to feel like they belong? And shouldn't everyone who walks through the doors of our church home feel the welcome of heaven itself? But how do we do this with so much loneliness, so much brokenness? So many of our earthly families are frayed at the edges. We need to begin at the beginning with our children. Since we are a global church, we have an interest in global community as well as the local community. Our recent clean water efforts and FMO prove that. And just as we are broken by the suffering of young children in sub-Saharan Africa, we are broken by the spiritual poverty of our children in our own culture. And the children in our church are in danger of unraveling and experiencing the very same spiritual poverty. At Liquid, we care deeply. We care deeply about the spiritual state of our children, so much so that we hired ourselves a top-notch leader to bring clarity of vision and passion to our Liquid Kids program, Hosil Siegel. She hails from the frozen tundra of the Chicago shores of Lake Michigan, where she served at Willow Chicago, the urban church plant of Willow Creek Community Church. Hosil brings tons of ministry and leadership experience in many areas, not just kids. 
but she loves kids and deeply desires to help weave together the church, the family, and the child into a fabric that will not easily tear apart. Hoso works out of our New Brunswick campus. We love you, New Brunswick. So many of you had in Morristown and in the church online have, have not seen Hosil. Check out this video of a Hosil sharing her vision and passion for kids' ministry. Hi, my name is Hosil Siegel, and I'm so excited to share with you our vision for Liquid Kids and Families. Our vision for Liquid Kids is to create an irresistible environment that captures the imagination of our kids as they learn about the love of God. This fall, we're kicking it up a notch. I've got two words, stepping up and stepping out. We're stepping up our children's program to create that irresistible environment for kids to learn about the love of God. We are stepping out in faith as we plan and prepare that God would provide the necessary people to bring this vision to reality. Each and every one of us has an opportunity to play a role. I would just ask that each of you lift us up in prayer. Just as prayer is essential, we need people. If you have a passion for music and the arts, if you love teaching and drama, or just hanging out with kids, or perhaps you're that special person who loves to change diapers, our kids need you to step out in faith to see if God has a plan for you in Liquid Kids. Guys, I hope you hear the passion and just feel it from her, how much she loves kids and she loves Jesus. I can't wait to see the excellent things she's going to do in Liquid Kids in the near future. You know, speaking to parents now, one thing we want to be so clear on is the place of Liquid Kids in the life of the family. In other words, who brings it home? The answer, you do. It's you. Here's our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal for kids cradled to college. We strive to work as junior partners alongside you, the parents, to help raise your children to become mature, healthy, successful Christian adults, the fabric of whose lives will not easily tear. Now, if we work as junior partners, that makes you parents senior partners. Like any good firm, the burden of responsibility rests on the senior partners. In terms of family, when you talk about clothing your children or, or feeding them or getting them to their soccer games, you would never ask Liquid Church to do those things. Junior partners assist senior partners in the work of the firm, just as Liquid Church assists parents and families in raising mature, healthy Christian adults, the fabric of whose lives will not easily tear. In the end, we believe that first and foremost, God has instituted the family, and parents in particular, as those primarily responsible for the holistic raising of their children. The primary weaving of the fabric is up to them. Again, in Ephesians, Paul writes in chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for, for this is right. Honor your mother and father, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. You know, Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 5.16 here at the giving of the Ten Commandments. The verse calls children to honor and obey their parents. It shows parents have the primary responsibility of raising their children in the Lord. However, my experience has been here and other places that many parents feel at a disadvantage in leading their kids spiritually. They're afraid to weave their own thread into their children's lives. They're hoping that liquid kids or surge or flood will teach their kids everything they need to know about God and the Bible. 
A big problem with this is that God and the Bible say that they, parents, are the ones responsible for the spiritual maturity of their children, not the church. In the Old Testament, God told his people to take his commands and and put them on their hearts and impress them on their children, to talk about them at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, to, to, to write them on their bodies and all over their houses. Basically, God wanted people to weave his truth into the very fabric of their lives. Parents, this is your highest calling. Teach your children about God's great love for them in Jesus. Notice God didn't say, talk about these commandments when you get to liquid kids. No, he said, do so when you sit at home, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on your body. Write them all over your property so that your kids will always understand that God's word permeates every bit of their lives. This is God's way of saying, bring it home. Here's a picture of my two kids, Liam and Kate. Yeah, they're cute. It's my favorite picture. Every night we try to read the Bible to our kids. And usually uh, we pray after for a few minutes. Uh, recently, last week, we were doing this. Uh, we just finished a rousing chapter of Tom Sawyer, my kids' favorite book to date. They laugh every time they go swimming because, what, of course, in the books they get naked when they go swimming, which is just so much fun for my kids. At any rate, we read through Tom Sawyer, and then we started reading the Bible, which is a great juxtaposition. Philippians 2, talking about when Jesus comes back. It says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, at this point, you know, Liam, Liam said to me, we were laying down and, and, and just praying a little bit more and talking and, and tickling a little bit. And Liam said, Daddy, because uh, when, when Jesus comes back on the last day, even people who, who don't know Jesus and won't be with him forever will, will bow down and, and worship him. I said, that makes me sad, buddy, uh, to think of those people who love Jesus so much and, and they won't get to be with him forever, but they know who he is. And Liam says, that makes me sad too, Daddy. I said, Liam, I have tears in my eyes. And, and Buddy said, yeah, I, I do too, Daddy. So I said to him, Liam, what does that, what does that make you want to do? And Liam stood up and looked me square in the face with the sublime look in his eyes and said, Daddy, it makes me want to tell everybody about Jesus so nobody has to be sad. And I just, I just think about that moment. And, and I'm so grateful that God enabled Dee and me to bring it home to our family. Now listen, we do not have a perfect family by any stretch. We have a lot of issues. Everybody does. The point was, though, that God gave us the grace and the strength to weave into the fabric of our children's lives God's Word so that when they get old, their lives won't tear apart. Here's what I'm guessing, though. Parents, you feel ill-equipped particularly so to teach your children about Jesus. I mean, some of these things you're just sort of getting a handle on yourselves. So how can you teach it with any kind of integrity or authority? I've heard this from a lot of you. And quite honestly, some of you need to know that there are, some of you know, excuse me, that there are issues in your lives that make you feel like hypocrites. Well, guess what? I have good news for you. A lot of, no, every figure in the Bible outside of Jesus was a hypocrite. In fact, we are all hypocrites. Isn't that good news? We're all hypocrites. Amen. The fabric of life of all these Bible figures was pulling apart at the seams so often. Think about King David for a second. King David, you know, what is he most famous for? What's the most famous story you know of King David? Right, David and Goliath, right? Slay the giant, awesome stuff. Well, let me tell you something. David was uniquely disqualified to bring it home. 
to his family. He was uniquely disqualified. His family life was whacked, absolutely whacked. Let's just talk about some of the stuff that David did. First, David was home when he should have been out tending to his armies, right? He should have been out fighting with his armies. He noticed Bathsheba and lusted after her and committed adultery with her, right? And then he got her pregnant. And because he couldn't cover it up, he had her husband killed on the battlefield. And when he had forgotten all about it, he needed his prophet Nathan to come and tell him, remind him of all the things he had done to this woman and to this family. And David was broken. But even then, even then, when God was going to take this baby that was born out of wedlock, David wept. He laid on the ground and begged God to change his mind. He didn't eat. He didn't shave. He didn't bathe. He just sat there and stank inside and out. There's a father figure for you, right? Didn't David? David put the fun in dysfunction, if anybody did. But it gets better. The threads just keep getting pulled out. It's amazing what David did in his life. So in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13, David's son Amnon, excuse me, David's son Amnon falls in love with his half-sister Tamar. Let that sink in there for a second. David's the father of both. David's son Amnon falls in love with his half-sister Tamar. Amnon plots with his cousin to get Tamar alone with him in his bedroom. When he does so, he rapes her. And then he discards her and kicks her out of the room and locks the door. Talk about a family being pulled apart at the seams. This is a seriously broken family. Search as you might for any words of comfort from David in this story. Any words of care for his daughter? Any words of anger or outrage for Amnon? And you will find none. David, though physically present, is emotionally MIA. And because of, so he was, because of this, he was not the daddy he should have been to his daughter. He was not the man that he should have been for his son, as an example. The fabric of David's family life was unraveling before his very eyes. But is that how David is remembered? As an adulterous, murderous, deceptive, absentee father? No. David was remembered as what? A man after God's own heart. That's what David was remembered as. Parents, I want to tell you something. If David can be remembered as a man after God's own heart and set up as an example of a lover of God, so can you. Your lives aren't too far gone to weave the truth of the gospel into your kids' lives. You could be a single parent or two looks-like-you-got-it-all-together parents, which we only know really as people just hiding their frayed edges really well. What matters most is that you love Jesus, even if you just started loving him today. You don't have to have it all together. God got it all together for you in Jesus when he came to earth to live the perfect life you could never live for yourself so that you could start following in Jesus' steps. You could answer your call. You were kaleoed to bring it home to your family. Now listen, can I just just take a break for a second and recognize that there are probably in this room a whole bunch of single people who have turned off. You've tuned out, you've turned off. You hear this talk about family and you think it's not about you. This doesn't apply to you. Or perhaps you're a married couple without children and you hear this stuff and you're like, you know what, this just, this just doesn't apply to me. Uh, but I have some, some news for you, some, some really great news, that there is a great application for you in your lives. But you have to get over some things. 
Can I just call out, and I do so carefully, that some of you are bitter and angry with God because you are alone or because you do not have children. You are allowing it to unravel your relationship with God. You have learned to measure your lives by what you do not have, not by what you have. Please forgive me if I am too blunt. Seriously, please forgive me. Because I don't mean to, to stick it to you, but I recognize this as a soul sickness of epidemic proportions in our community. You know what? It's good to be married. It is. It is good to have children. You know this. You wouldn't long for it so much if it wasn't written on your hearts and woven, woven into the very essence of what it means to be human. We are made for family. God told Adam in the Garden of Eden, it's not good to be alone. The psalm says that children are a reward, a treasure, a heritage from God. It is natural to feel lonely and incomplete without a spouse and without children. Yet for some, God is now calling you to an even-if-not type of response, something that Pastor Tim talked about a couple of weeks ago. You have prayed and asked God to bring someone into your life, for together, you and your spouse have wept over yet another negative pregnancy test. Can I just tell you that I know that personally? Dee and I tried for years to have children before God blessed us with Liam and Kate. We know the pain that you feel. It is very real and should not be minimized. But it makes God's calling to your purpose and life in the church so much greater. You have asked God for these things and you have trusted him for them. And yet, he has not said yes. And now you are losing hope. The talk of family seems very hollow to you. At the risk of provoking you to greater discomfort, I want to challenge your perspective. While you wait for your family to arrive, I believe that God has some special operations work, some Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, G.I. Joe kind of work for you. There is an amazing story of Gideon in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges. God wanted to show Gideon his amazing power. So he sent Gideon and 300 of his best men against a huge army. It kind of reminds me of the movie 300 about the Battle of the Spartans at Thermopylae. You seen that movie? By the way, parents of teens, let me just call out that every time movies like this come out, you say, oh, it's too violent. Oh, they can't see it. There's blood, there's gore, there's guts. Listen, don't ever read the book of Judges. In fact, don't read half of your Bible because it's amazingly violent. The history of God with his people is horrendous at times for some of the things that were committed in God's name. And quite frankly, sometimes God authors some wholesale slaughter. We don't understand it all. But listen, this is God's word and we read it and try to learn about God from it. So back to Gideon, right? So we're talking about him. The way God told Gideon to choose these 300 was to send them all for, to, down to the brook for a drink. Now, you think like, how does he choose them? 300 people when they go get a drink. Well, here's what happens. A whole bunch of them went down like this and they got down on the ground. They started burying their faces in the water and started scooping up water like this and just looking at the water right in front of them. This is what they did. Now, there was a few of them, in fact, 300 of them that didn't get down all the way but stayed on their feet and they scooped up water and they drank and they looked around. They stayed soldiers and never let the thing in front of them become their focus. These 300, those 300, God chose and did an amazing work through them. I want to submit to you that, that single people and those couples without children have a unique role to play in the fabric of our church family. 
you are not on your knees with your face and your immediate concerns. No, you are alert. You are flush with freedom that allows you to serve and immerse yourself in the service of God. Think about what you can contribute to family and think about how someday when God willing you have a spouse and children, how you will count on those singles and those young marrieds without children to teach your kids and to strengthen the fabric of your family. I want to call out some of our 300 because we have some amazing 300 folks here. How about, how about Tim Nacow? Tim Nacow helps me every week with Liquid Kids. Tim is awesome. Love that guy. He helps me every, he's aptly named, Timothy. Matt Cretlow helps out with our surge. Ahe Park works with preschool in New Brunswick and also on the media team. Caitlin Williams with preschoolers. Dave Casper, so faithful with surge. Nate Nacow. Brother Nate. Awesome. Sarah Feast. A elementary school teacher, young married, without children, serving liquid kids in New Brunswick by teaching elementary school kids. Jeff and Rebecca Cook, with one on the way and still serving while they wait. Shelly Barong at registration here. Christine Donahue, Colleen Calvert, serving in New Brunswick, doing an awesome job with our kids. Rachel Lally and Mike Russell down in New Brunswick working with Flood. Raf and Madie Zayas working up here with Flood and, and, and Madie doing double duty, Raf too, and other, other classes. Jerry Garrick with Flood, Brett and Renee Hartford, and so many other people are serving your children. They are using their freedom. They are all flush with time to strengthen the fabric of our church family. These people are such integral threads of our church community, our church family that they are employing their singleness and their freedom in the service of your children while they wait on God for the natural desires of their hearts. Thank you. Thank you for being so faithful in those regards when you could let the things you long for break you. They are loving children and students to heaven and trusting God for the rest. They have decided to bring it home. Bring it home, even if it's not their home. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. But ask a husband and dad of two kids or, or a young woman preparing for her wedding if that's easy and fun. And you'll find out that everyone has their challenges. The Bible is full of stories of, of those who use their freedom for legitimate, from legitimate concerns of family life and the service of God. Think of Rahab, a broken woman, a prostitute who hid Joshua's spies. Ruth, a widow whose greatest descendant was Jesus. Martha and Mary... Two single women, sisters who had deep relationship with Jesus. Many of the apostles, including Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament. Um, add on top of this Jesus himself, who was not only single and childless, but also homeless and poor. You think you have it bad. So at this point in the message, where you're getting all guilted up and everything, you, you, you're waiting for someone to ask you to do something, right? Where someone says, see all the great things God has done for you. Now it's time for you to do something for him. Well, give back a little, you know, because he's done so much for you. Well, well, no, not really. My hope for you today, and particularly right at this moment, is that you would not be guilted into service or coerced into some kind of you know, mutual agreement. No, what I'd really like to say now is how we plan on helping you bring it home and strengthen the fabric of your community. Check it out. With the arrival of Hosil... We have ushered in a new season of kids' ministry here at Liquid. We said no to many, many good candidates 
because we knew that it wasn't the right person. We were never agreed unanimously as a leadership team until Hosil came. And then we said, oh, God, that's what you're doing. Awesome. It makes so much sense now. We just didn't know it yet. And now that she's here, she is beginning to raise the bar in our kids' ministry in everything from curriculum to physical environment to teacher training and more. Parents, you are going to see several significant changes in that ministry this fall. And everywhere we look, excellence is just popping up. And not excellence for excellence's sake, but excellent because God is excellent and he loves children. He loves children so much that if you mislead them, he ties a big rock around your neck and throws you into the sea. God is very serious about loving children. Yeah. Along those same lines, in the nine months that I have been here at Liquid, my focus has mainly been Liquid Kids, primarily because we lacked point leaders at one or two campuses. Since I oversee all of Liquid Kids and students, it's my job to step up into those areas. Yet because we deeply desire excellence for our middle school and high school students, as of September 1st, my focus moves primarily to 6th through 12th grade. Hosil will be cradle to fifth grade as her focus. Without investing with passion and excellence in our teens and tweens, we will never, ever realize the goal of helping parents raise mature, healthy, successful Christian adults. Here are some of the other things we'll be doing, offering to our community to strengthen the fabric of our family. For high school, we'll do regular Bible-focused life group meetings, regular large group meetings, regular service opportunities, multiple retreats a year, regular fun-to-be-us kind of social events, annual mission trips, and even elective intense Bible studies. For middle school, regular Bible-focused Sunday morning programs, regular service opportunities just like the older kids, an annual retreat, social, social events, and, and a missions trip for junior high kids. I've taken junior high kids on mission trips, and I want to tell you that their eyes open up, and it helps them move from that middle school mentality into more of an adult mentality. It is just awesome to see. For parents, in September, I will start blogging just for you. Now, it can't be this blogs for you because someone says that already. However, it will be a clearinghouse of information for everything regarding surge and flood. Plus, there'll be tons of helps and resources for your parents trying to raise your children, your teens and your tweens in what we're going to call a hostile environment. We deeply desire to bring it home to the family in every and any kind of way. To answer the kaleo to family in God-honoring, Christ-exalting, kid-leading, parent-equipping ways. We see the resources we provide by God's grace as supply line so that our parents and mentors have all the ammo they need on the front line. And we hear the kaleo of God for reinforcements to that front line. Do you sense today that God is kaleoing, that he is calling you to an eternal purpose with your own children? Are you starting to believe that with God's help, through the family of God, you can lead your family at home to Jesus? Do you believe that God is calling you to use your resources of time and freedom to invest in the lives of children and students so that they will know the forever happiness and the, of eternity with God and so that my son Liam will never be sad again? Do you believe that God is calling you to help strengthen the fabric of the family so that it doesn't unravel and unwind before our eyes? On the back of our connection card inside your bulletin, you'll find an area designated to ask someone to contact you about a specific topic. If you're experiencing God's kaleo, God's call to family in a special way, and you are sensing that, that you are someone who can jump in 
with your time and resources to serve liquid kids or surge or flood, simply write that in the space provided. You can write one of the following. Uh, serve with liquid kids or serving as a mentor with surge middle school ministry or, or serving as a mentor with flood high school ministry. Or maybe God's kaleo, God's call to family for you today is to take senior, senior partner responsibility at home. To talk about the love of God with your children and weave it into the very fabric of your home life. In the section marked, my response today, would you share that with us? Or, or maybe you need prayer for strength and courage to do so. Write that down. We would love to partner with you and pray with you as you seek to raise your family well in the eyes of Jesus. Maybe you have some suggestions on how we can help you. We want to we be those people. We want to be that church that helps you bring it home, that listens to your kaleo, your calling to serve and love the family. Take time to do that right now. And at the end of the service, simply leave it on your seed and we'll collect it. I will read everyone personally so that we can respond to you well. You know, the best way I know of to hear God's kaleo, God's call, is to see it play out in the lives of others. John Boss is one of our recent high school graduates and someone whose life, well, quite frankly, was unraveling before his family's eyes. His life was coming apart at the seams. It was losing its strength. It was ragged. But John experienced God's transformation. At a pivotal time in his life, someone decided to bring it home to John. Listen how John explains what it meant to him. I knew there was only one thing that could, you know, make my life complete. Uh, I was trying so hard to fill it with other stuff, you know, drugs, drinking, just, you know, socially fitting in. And uh, finally I found that one thing that just, you know, fit perfectly in that spot, that empty spot in my heart that was just killing me inside. And it was just the, the love and the grace of God. And uh, I knew from that point on things were just going to get better. You know, over the summer, you know, I was at the point where I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to try to change. Let's see what I can do. And the only way is, you know, I didn't know how to do it on my own. And I didn't know about truly letting go to God yet. So I went to the, you know, kids at church that I thought, you know, were pretty cool. But one person specifically was, uh, his name was Steve uh, Fisher. He was about 25. And, you know, it's always great to find Christians that you can relate to, that have the same kind of story, the background, and the... Uh, you know, that really touch you on a real life level. You know, I, f I found that all over the place. I just really never, I never looked for it. I overthought what Christianity was all about. I mean, I thought you had to get your life together. I thought, you know, you had to be worthy to go to church. But um, it's actually one of the most simple things. You just have to let your life go. Uh, let someone else take control. And the irony is that, you know, you can't get your life together on your own. You need someone else. Um, and the only way is to let God take control of your life. You know, it's surprising you know, how easy it is to get, get a relationship with God because He's always there no matter, you know, how bad it gets. He's the only person everyone else could leave and, you know, at, at times I thought everyone else left and I didn't really recognize that Jesus was standing right here just waiting, you know, to say, hey, I'm here for you whenever you need it.
I'm John Boss, and I love Jesus Christ. John had friends who heard the call to bring it home and decided to interweave their lives with his. Now, because of their answer, John not only knows Jesus, but now he also deeply desires to heed the call to bring it home to his new family when he goes to college. John enters Marist College this fall. And while there, he wants to bring the gospel to his new college home by starting a life group and watching Liquid Church online in his dorm room on a regular basis. John knows that without the gospel, the lives of his friends would pull apart at the seams, would fray and fall apart. Way to go, John. Way to go, buddy. Today, many of you are considering for the first time how God has woven you into the fabric of life with those around you. You are realizing that you are not in some kind of anonymous vacuum where no one would notice if, if your life was pulling apart by, the, by a thread where it wouldn't matter if you strengthen the fabric of, of a child by weaving together it, weaving that together with your own. God's desire for his people is oneness, strengthening one another daily, helping each other live an abundant life now while waiting for heaven, where the fabric of life will never pull apart again. Today you are hearing God's kaleo, God's call to bring it home. How will you respond? I hope this week that you will carry this fabric with you as a reminder of the invitation, no, the kaleo, the call of God to bring home faith wherever you are. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the gift of life in Jesus Christ. And we thank you that through Jesus Christ, we enter into a new family. We are called to oneness with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And God, I pray that that calling would enable us to obey and weave ourselves into the lives of children and family and church, that we would create a fabric that is so strong that it would not tear as a church family, that it would not tear as a family in their home and children's lives would hold together when faced with great peril and pressure in this world. God, we love you so much because you have loved us in Jesus Christ. Please, God, grant us these things for the glory of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.